You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 69. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. On this episode, we're going to continue talking about adrenal fatigue or the types of adrenal fatigue. Last one, we talked about the vampire. Today, we're going to talk about the ghost. So the three types of adrenal fatigue that we've mainly seen, so these are kind of where we put these names to it to just sort of be a little bit easier to remember, easier to understand, but we definitely the three main types we've seen are the vampire, the ghost, and the zombie. So the previous episode, we talked about the vampire and how the vampire can't go to sleep at night because their cortisol is elevated, they're awake, they can't really can't go to bed before 2 a.m., you know, midnight to 2 a.m., and then in the morning, they're super tired and they can't really get going because their cortisol is so low in the morning. So that's the vampire. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about the ghost, and the reason we differentiate this is because, you know, the ghost we would treat completely different than we would treat the vampire than treating the zombie. So with the ghost, they have a little bit of a different diurnal curve or cortisol secretion from the adrenal glands. Yeah. So the ghost typically doesn't really have that much trouble in the morning. Actually, the early part of the day, they actually do really well. Most of the day they do very well, maybe till what, uh, maybe around uh, noon or so. But then come the evening is when they start having a lot of their problems. Yeah. The, the vampire has no trouble falling asleep. They will fall asleep on the couch watching TV. You know, it's 830 at night. They have no trouble falling asleep. The issue with the ghost is they have trouble staying asleep. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you now the vampire certainly has, we talked about the last one, they get a definite second wind in the evening. They start to wake up. They start to have some energy. Uh, like you said, the ghost can maybe have a little bit of that, a little bit of a, a second wind that they get maybe after dinner, but they are able to fall asleep. Maybe while, uh, maybe on the couch or they're watching a movie or something, they might doze off. Usually maybe about seven, eight, nine o'clock, which is their you know, the time that their body's telling them that they should go to bed. And if they do go to bed because they're tired, but now in the next, you know, two to four hours, they, they wake up and it's almost like they go to bed at 10, they wake up at midnight and they're like wide awake. Yes, exactly. So the ghost will fall asleep hard anywhere from two to four hours, but then they're up. And then we've kind of, kind of separated the ghost into two different subtypes. So we call one the ghoul and the other one the poltergeist. So the ghoul will fall asleep, you know, but nine o'clock easily, 10 o'clock easily, but come two, four hours after sleeping really hard, they'll be wide awake like at seven in the morning, but it's really only two in the morning. So the ghoul will stay up for easily two hours, you know? So I always say, you know, they're not roaming the halls like a ghoul. They're instead roaming their iPhones because they're wide awake and they can't go back to sleep. So after about two hours, by the time their cortisol does come down is then, you know, because what happens is their cortisol is low when they go to sleep and then it spikes around 2 a.m. or, you know, two to four hours after they've fallen asleep and then it's up for a while. And by the time the cortisol comes back down, which is generally about an hour and a half to two hours, they're able to fall back asleep. But by then, you know, they have to wake up for the morning shortly thereafter. 
Yeah, it's a lot of them. Sometimes the best sleep of the night is that you know between four to six a.m. They've been awake for a long time. They're just tossing and turning. Like I say, some are looking at their phones, some are reading a book, some are getting up, checking their email, some are watching TV. You know, trying to get tired again, and then they drift off to sleep. Right, it's almost like they just drift off, and then their alarm goes off, and they got to get back up again. You know, you know, and that you know that usually is the best sleep they get of the entire night, and it really maybe only a couple of hours. Yes, exactly. And then the other one is the poltergeist. So they're similar to the ghoul where they fall asleep fairly easily in the evening, you know, nine o'clock easily, you know, fall asleep on the couch, watching TV, watching a movie. But then they will also wake up about two to four hours later, you know, so go to sleep at 10, wake up at midnight. But instead of staying up for a couple of hours, their cortisol spikes up and down all night long. So that's why we kind of called it like the, you know, like that mischievous poltergeist because you wake up easily, you know, four to six, even more times that at night you wake up for no reason, then you fall back asleep. Then you, you know, 40 minutes later, you wake up and then you fall back asleep. They can't even understand why do I keep getting up all night long for no reason? And then they might get, then by the time the cortisol does drift down, like Dr. Mackey said, you know, it might be five in the morning and then they're sleeping hard until 630, but then you got to get up, you know, you got to get up for the day. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it can be, you know, kind of a, a exhausting. But once they're awake, the, the difference between the zombie and the ghost is that even though they didn't get a lot of sleep, they have enough, you know, whatever it is, enough reserve in the tank that they can still be fairly productive in the morning. They don't need as much caffeine necessarily as the vampire does. They're not dragging around. They're actually fairly productive. Um, but that is also somewhat short-lived. It's, you know, they're literally kind of running on fumes to a certain extent and they're able to be fairly productive, you know, early on. And then it just kind of pitters out a little bit. Yeah. So for both the ghost, for both subtypes of the ghost, the ghoul and the poltergeist, they wake up pretty good. Once you get going, they say, you know, once I get up and get going, take a shower, you know, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine. In fact, they're the people that you could term morning people because they get everything done before noon. Because once noon hits, they crash. You know, they always say in the afternoon, I am so unproductive. Those are the people that are running, you know, trying to hang out at the coffee maker or they're taking naps. Yeah. And the window that we typically see, you know, two to five o'clock, you know, one thirty to four thirty, right after lunch, you know, there's um, their productivity just falls off the cliff for the most part. And they're really struggling a little bit. But then they kind of, you know, they kind of are able to, the way that most people pull themselves out of that is either by carbohydrates or more caffeine. And then that whole cycle just continues day after day. They just kind of keep going that way. But after dinner and they're getting ready for bed, that part is, like you say, is relatively simple. It's just staying asleep throughout the course of the night is is really challenging. Like like I said, for the ghoul, whether they're up for long periods of time or they're, I mean, we've had patients that tell us they're up, you know, five, six times a night if they're the poltergeist. I mean, they're just up all night long. And sleep cycles, you know, to go down to stage four sleep, REM and then stage four, it takes about 90 minutes to be able to get down to those restorative levels of sleep. If you're waking up five or six times a night, you're probably not getting any of that restorative sleep. So this kind of perpetuates over time and they just become more and more exhausted as time goes on. So, and honestly, I think ghosts are pretty common. We had talked about in the previous episode, I think the vampires are much more common. You see that a lot, and especially in our, you know, in our culture and our lifestyle is people having trouble falling asleep and then they can't wake up in the morning. But the ghosts are pretty common too, you know, where especially I think more so for females. And I do find men that that do have this issue too, but I would say probably more so females have that trouble staying asleep. They say I can my head my head hits the pillow and I am out. But you know, two hours later, 
I'm wide awake. So eventually, you know, that leads into a little bit of, of course, sleep debt over time, that inability to be productive and effective in the afternoon. And then they kind of drag a little bit in the evening, get a little second wind, but then they fall back, you know, they fall asleep fairly easily. So if you yourself or you know somebody that says, you know what, I need to get everything done before noon or one in the afternoon, they're definitely probably, you know, a type of ghost. So on the last episode, I identified myself when I was in my 20s, you know, college in my early 20s as a vampire. Now I have kind of, let's say in the last five years or so, I know that I have kind of flipped back and forth between being a ghoul and a poltergeist. Which one do you think you are? Oh, I'm definitely a ghoul. I mean, I might get up a few times a night, like, because I tend to drink a lot of water at night, which I probably shouldn't. So of course, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom. But for the most part, I'm definitely the ghoul. But I've gotten a lot better with that, because I've been that way, even as a kid. Like, well, I, I think that you used, mm-hmm. I think you always used to be the poltergeist. And now you're the ghoul, right? <laughs> you're the one that would wake up five, six times a night. But now it's transitioned a little bit. Now it's just for longer periods. I think you went from a poltergeist to being a ghoul now. Yeah, definitely. But I'm but I am getting better. So I'm able to get that, you know, sleep for about, you know, three hours hard and then wake up and try to get that window from two hours, you know, to an hour to a half an hour to getting that smaller window of being up in the middle of the night. But it is, you know, like I said, I do think it is common with females. And And you think, well, you know what, they're productive in the morning and they get up. It can't be that bad. But it really is no fun to be up in the middle of the night for, you know, an hour plus. And with all, I don't have statistics on this, but with all the patients that I talk to, when if they're a ghoul and they wake up at one in the morning, usually you start, and I I ask them, well, what do you think about? Do you have a repetitive song in your head? Do you have racing thoughts? And most of the time it's, you know, thinking about stuff that doesn't mean anything that seems so much bigger in the middle of the night. And then you wake up in the morning and think, why was I stressing over over that last night? Like yeah. people will worry in the middle of the night over nothing. Yeah, there's a sense of anxiousness, you know, right? There's this, you know, they're thinking about their to-do list. They're thinking about the day before. They're thinking about what all the things they got to get done the next day. And it can be you know, very disruptive. They're just kind of, like you said, they're almost like in a panic all night long. Yeah, uh, or, or it's sort of, yeah, it's like I'll even have a lot of patients, though, you know, will think about things that are never going to happen. You know, <laughs> there's not going to be an earthquake. My tires don't, aren't, I'm not going to get a flat tire. My kids are fine. You know, they're probably asleep in their beds right now and they're fine. You know, people will think about things that really you have no control over that's not going to happen, but it seems so much more big or enormous in the middle of the night. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely a a hormonal component that kind of magnifies some of that repetitive thought process. And this is happening, literally. This isn't just like a once a week kind of thing. This is for a lot of these people that we speak with and work with. Um, this is happening on a nightly basis. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot to, that's a heavy burden to carry. It's almost like you kind of dread sleeping because you have to sleep, right? That's very important. We put a lot of time and attention towards helping people sleep better because it's so foundational, which is why we're talking about it. Because if you don't sleep well and you have some other issues, um, those other issues, whether it's weight, whether it's a chronic problem, whether it's you know how you feel, it, a lot of that is not going to improve unless your sleep improves. And conventionally, some of the sleep medications and things like that, those really don't do any better to improving any of those things. They just, you know, kind of create a whole other series of problems. So the way that we help people through these issues is, you know, fairly 
individualized, right, which is a, a tough thing to do. You have to do it on a case-by-case basis because even what worked for the ghost or the poltergeist, what works for one ghoul uh, is not going to necessarily work for the poltergeist and vice versa. And there might be a little bit of, uh, from a treatment perspective, there might be a little trial and error there because even uh, two ghouls, what works for one doesn't automatically work for the other. Yeah, so that's why we like to differentiate this. So, for example, when we talked about the vampire, our goal is to bring down that cortisol in the evening time, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and bring up that cortisol in the morning, you know, at 6, 7, 8, where with the ghost, both, you know, the ghoul and the poltergeist, it's completely different. You don't necessarily want to bring up their, you know, bring down their cortisol in the early evening or the evening time because it's already low. Our goal is to bring down that cortisol in the middle of the night and then try to keep the cortisol all up in the afternoon. So we actually do a lot of work with ghosts in the afternoon and trying to maintain that cortisol level so that we can get it back into that nice fluidity of cortisol high in the morning, but then it comes down nice, you know, at night, all night long. Yeah, right. So a either the, the ghoul or the poltergeist, as we talked about in the last one, a vampire could easily be a candidate for hydrocortisone or even uh, glandulars. The ghost or the, the ghoul or the poltergeist isn't probably going to be a candidate for either one of those. They're going to be too strong. They're not going to be able to tolerate them very well. So now automatically they get teared down a little bit. Like you said, this is a fairly often a female problem, very much so between, let's say, that perimenopausal menopausal window. Uh, so the female hormones really can have an impact on that as well, too. Exactly. So, you know, depending, and like I said, I have seen a lot of men that, you know, wake up in the middle of the night staring at their phone as well. But it definitely, I would say more so you see it with those females and, you know, the the 40s and then also menopausal in their 50s um, also. So working on it from that hormonal component, definitely like we did with the vampire, nutritional and lifestyle supplementation and maybe some prescriptions, but the ghost is going to be completely, you know, completely different. Yeah, right. And that's why over the years, I don't even know how you really came up with the vampire, the ghost. I don't know where that inspiration came from. But it even for you and I, it really sticks. Like we talk about people, we talk about particular cases and we're like, oh, uh, are they a vampire? You know, so it becomes a very easy way to recall and way to remember and way to categorize somebody very simply as opposed to calling it adrenal fake A, B or C or one, two or three or some other subtype that really doesn't explain it very well. I think these, I think they do a very good job of, of, of understanding kind of what's going on and how it manifests. And like I said on the last episode as well, when you're doing a, any kind of testing, with Dutch test or saliva test or even blood test, uh, now those, each one of these categories, their testing should look a fairly particular way. Yeah. So let's say you did a saliva test for cortisol. And usually with that vampire, that morning one is really low. You know, it's really low. But what you'll see with the, uh, and what you'll see also with the vampire is the evening time isn't like the cortisol isn't super high, but it might be high normal, just a little over the edge of normal. And that's always your cue that their cortisol is too high in the evening and they're more of a vampire. Where with the ghost, what you'll see is their morning cortisol is really good you know, because it's been bouncing around all night or it spiked in the middle of the night. It's actually pretty good. But at night is when it's really like almost like it'll be in that low normal to under and especially the afternoons. The ghosts have much, much lower cortisol levels in the afternoon than the vampires. Now, the vampires are tired in the afternoon. They're, they're better in the afternoon than they were in the morning. But definitely the ghosts are like the afternoon. That, that's I've had people tell me I could pull over my car and fall asleep on the road, <laughs> like lay on the concrete and sleep. But, I, you know, but in the middle of the night, they can't. <laughs> yeah, right. And that uh, that cortisol pattern, too, they are like I said, it's going to be n- normal first thing in the morning. Right. And and then you'll start to see 
because you, you can't really take a cortisol sample in the middle of the night. Although some doctors will have people do it in the middle of the night, but you're awake. So it really kind of gives you a skewed result. So you do it, you know, up until the evening, maybe 10 o'clock, maybe midnight, but you'll definitely see where it starts to spike um, right when there should be sleeping, you get this rise, uh, this cortisol response. So that, that last sample is where uh, you might see, you know, you get a, at least an inkling that uh, their, you know, that their cortisol is going to be spiking. And then it's going to be, you know, either spiking at that one particular time, they're up for an hour or two, or it's going to be bouncing around all night long. And they, you know, they're awake, you know, four to six times a night. And now, you know, I know we talked a lot about this and we're going to go into the next episode and talk about the zombie, but there definitely are some, like I said, there are some options and, you know, that could probably, you know, that can definitely help the ghost. It's not going to help all of a sudden. Like I said, if you're up in the middle of the night for two hours, you're not all of a sudden going to sleep all night. We want to make that two hours, you know, an hour and a half, an hour, 30 minutes, 15 minutes. So you can minimize that and, and close that gap, but not with sleeping medications. So, you know, Benadryls and those Advil PMs, those are terrible. They never put you, you never, you might be sleeping, but you never get into that deep stage of sleep. And of course, as we get older, taking those types of medications, those over-the-counter sleeping medications, especially are really bad for your memory long-term and short, especially the short-term memory, taking those chronically. So that wouldn't be an option, but definitely we have some, some options that could help you. Yeah. So again, just like on the last one, to get a little bit more information about the ghost, whether you're a ghoul or a poltergeist, is go to progresshealth.com backslash ghost. And there'll be some other information there that, you know, kind of help uh, rein this in and give you some ideas on how you can start to, you know, improve. And really the goal that we're trying to get really every adult, you know, every adult, whether they're the vampire, the ghost, the, the zombie is for them during the night is preferably for them to wake up just one time. They go to sleep easy at a reasonable time. Like I said, you know, maybe 10, 10, 30 at the latest, they're able to sleep for a good three, four hours. If they do wake up, preferably no restroom break, they're able to go back to sleep easy and then sleep for another three or four hours, and now they're ready to start their day. That seems not perfect. Maybe some t in a lot of cases, that's the best we can hope for, and uh, you'd be surprised, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but you'd be surprised at how uncommon that actually is. Um, usually anybody after the age of 40 does not sleep eight hours straight through. I mean, it just doesn't happen, but that is normal, but not very common. People need to be able to sleep that way. And then, which is why we're talking about this, because this becomes a, a very, it's almost like as more time goes on, the slower our sleep quality gets and it becomes a real issue for people. So if you go to progressyourhealth.com backslash ghost, they'll have the show notes kind of recapping what we talked about in this episode. And then we'll have some options on there that can make it a little bit easier for you to be able to kind of, like I said, close that gap with that sleeping. Yeah, I think this uh, wraps it up. Uh, this hopefully gives you an idea. Um, the next episode, we're going to talk about the zombie. Uh, maybe you can understand with all the TV shows lately about zombies. Maybe you can understand what that's what we're already going to be talking about. So until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.